are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. All right, so we're diving into our uh, Timothy series. Adam did a great job last week giving you a little history about where uh, Timothy came from and how Timothy didn't fit in any of the cultures that, that he was growing up in because he was a mumser, which would be kind of considered a, a bastard child or something like that. He just was out of, he wasn't, he couldn't be, uh, he couldn't be brought into the Jewish faith because his father was Greek and he, he was misplaced and he was stuck and somehow Paul saw it fit to use somebody like Timothy who didn't fit in the culture, who was an outsider, who was an outcast, who, who would have to try and learn from sitting out there in the lobby and wouldn't even be allowed to be in, in learning Torah. And he would just be like, what did they say? What, did they, what happened? And he was hungry for God's word and he was hungry for the text. Dr. Randy Smith had a phrase. I was studying one of his, uh, it's kind of interesting. He has this one hour, one book. Randy Smith, you can look him up. I don't, you know, I don't agree with everything that he says, but you can look him up, and he'll just spend an hour talking about a particular book of the Bible. And so I was listening to him talk about First Timothy, and I like this phrase. He said, uh, these two letters were written to a person, right? You see at the very beginning, to Timothy, my true son in the faith. They were written to a person, but they were written for a church. And this church was a church in Ephesus, now, a little background on Ephesus. This is a, a Greek and Roman culture. This, uh, the name of the city is thought to have been derived from uh, Ephesus. The name of it, impressive. Uh, the name, that was a good one. You got to stop and acknowledge that, right? Uh, the name of the city, uh, kingdom of, uh, uh, it was kind of after this kingdom of Arzwa, meaning the city of the mother goddess. So this city had been worshiping uh, Artemis and building temples that kept getting destroyed and tore down 500 years before Christ. And they were a goddess worship sitting. That's the culture. Think about that. That's over two times as long as our country's been around. And they had this culture of what would they worship? A goddess, the goddess of, 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 uh, with Artemis, with the things that for wild animals and fertility. Like this, this statue... Uh, one of the things they had built was considered one of the seven wonders of the world. It was bigger than the Pantheon. It was giant. And this thing was, this was all about, like, that's the culture that Paul is speaking into as he's founding this church. And he asked Timothy to stay there. So quickly, Timothy grew up in Lystra with his mother and grandmother. His father was Greek. He knew the text, right? Or Paul would not have uh, taken him. He was passionate about the text and he learned it outside of the walls of the synagogue because he wouldn't be allowed to be in there, which makes it even more impressive. He was Paul's coworker. He was pretty young by Roman standards, which is why I love today. Welcome all of you awesome college students. We are so excited that you're here and you have a purpose. Like, your, your age does not define you. Timothy was young by those standards, and he's, he's, he's bold and in, in, in being bold where he, even if he's young. And you can be bold right where you are at the University of Idaho or WSU. You can be bold about, about your faith. You can be bold about what God has for you. He was a passionate and devoted, and now he's the leader of this church in Ephesus. In Ephesus, the church was being overtaken by leaders that were trying to share a message that was not lined up with what Paul had taught there. So this message is, you know, stand in the truth. Stand firm, young man or young lady, in what you have learned and what you know. It will be challenged. What does it mean to stand firm in the truth? What does it mean 
to stand in the truth. I'll hear this often as I'm talking with different folks. They're just like, preach the word. Preach the word. This word. As long as it lines up with what I think. And what I think it means. And that's the challenge of a pastor is because we're going on a journey here of preaching God's word and being filled with the Holy Spirit and moving out into the kingdom and doing great things in the name of God. So what does it mean to stand in the truth? Jesus called himself the truth. He was full of the truth. Jesus told the truth. Hey, we're getting it. And his words are true. He taught the way of God in truth. There we go. He taught about the truth. He came to the world to bear witness to the truth. Well, thank goodness we have the truth. Pretty easy to discern what is true and what is not true today, isn't it? It is not easy to discern. You know, uh, I think the author of, 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 uh, the author of confusion is Satan. He wants you to be confused about what truth is. The more gray area it is, the more messed up it is, the more you're not sure, the more chances you have for other things to leak in and pull you apart. If you confuse them, you lose them. And there is lots of opportunity to be confused about God's word and to be confused about the Holy Spirit and to be confused about all of these things. And so that's what uh, Paul is encouraging Timothy. You need to hold the line. So let's, let's dive in and see this letter to a person for a church, 1 Timothy, verse 3. As I urged you, when I went to Macedonia, stay there in Ephesus. I wonder why he has to urge Timothy to stay in Ephesus. I've been using this quote for a while because I heard it on a podcast that I shared with a friend of mine, and it kind of made sense. The, the grass is greener where you water it. The grass is greener where you water it. Where are you watering? And he wants... He wants Timothy to stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain people not to teach false doctrines any longer. Uh-oh. He must have heard something. He must have heard that there was a, a, something happening in the church that was taking people away from the purpose of the gospel or devote themselves to myths and endless genealogies. See, faith is not like... This is, this is, let me try this out. Faith is not like cooking. You don't sprinkle a little Islam. You don't sprinkle a little Buddhism. You don't sprinkle a little Hinduism. You don't sprinkle a little goddess worship and come out a Christian. You can't do that. You can't just start adding all these things in there. And that's what they're seeing. Like, what do you think was leaking into that, into that church? Could it be the 500 years of history that they have of worshiping a goddess? Yeah, this Jesus thing's pretty cool, but yeah, but what about, let me draw this in here. Let me draw a little bit of this. How about a little bit of this? How about a little bit of this? And now you have a gospel that's being, that's being directed, not on the path that, that, that Paul set it up to be. 
Such things promote controversial speculation rather than advancing God's work, which is by faith. I see this sometimes when we're trying to uh, major in the minors. Well, let's, let's spend all of our time and energy and effort trying to figure out when Jesus is going to return instead of actually doing the things he asked us to do uh, and being caught doing what he asked us to do when he returns. Could that be a, a rabbit trail that, we, that some people have gotten off on? These myths, these things that take away from what we're supposed to be doing, what's the goal? What's the goal of what you're doing, Timothy? The goal of why I want you to get everybody back on track and to be the church that I founded, the goal of this command is love, which comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and sincere faith. Some have departed from these things and have turned to meaningless talk. Myths and traditions and genealogies have taken priority over the coming Messiah, Jesus Christ, and the true teachings of the gospel. I'm trying to drag things back in. I'm a simple guy. You know what I'm working on right now? You know what the depth of your pastor's mind is working on right now? Just just amazing new truths. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. I'll let you guys know when I have that one figured out, and then we'll move on to something else. Still working on it. Uh, verse 7, they wanted to be teachers of the law, but they did not know what they were talking about, uh, talking about or what they so confidently affirmed. Verses 8 through 11, he goes through this list, and he's talking about the law, and he's talking about, and he starts uh, highlighting things of where people were like, the law is important, and we shouldn't kill our mothers and fathers. Great idea, right? We shouldn't have uh, sexual immorality. We shouldn't do this. And he goes through this whole list of things because... It's taken away. If, if we just focus on the law all the time, we're taken away from the purpose of what he brought us for, which were those two things, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, love your neighbor as yourself. And so he's seeing this distraction happen in the church and trying to correct it. Remember this. Your voice carries. Be careful what you say. Your voice carries. And it, right now it carries farther than it ever has in the, in the history of time. You can say something, post something, Twitter something. I was going to tweet something. That's what I meant. Right? And it just goes forever. Something you used to say under your breath, muffled when you were mad, can go out to thousands and thousands of people now. Be careful with what your voice carries. When I think about seeking the truth, I often ask myself, what's the motive behind this? Stand in the truth. So, so Timothy's trying to help correct this and get this on the right path. And we're supposed to stand in the truth. Why do I want to stand in the truth? Why do you want to stand in the truth? What's the purpose behind it? Is it to be right? I used to, I didn't know this phrase, uh, but there was a, a phrase, I didn't grow up this, but there was somebody called a Bible thumper. They're like, I'm like, what are you thumping? Like, hey, look at those Bible thumpers. I'm like, what does that mean? Like they're thumping, thumping the Bible. No, their life's all about the Bible. They want to talk all about the Bible and they want to talk to you about Jesus and you can't go anywhere without them talking about Jesus and quoting scripture and all those things. What a Bible thumper. What kind of a thumper are you? Are you a Twitter thumper? Are you a Snapchat thumper? Like a Bible thumper apparently is not a bad thing to be, even though it was used in a, in a negative way. 
And part of that is knowing what God's word is. So why do you want to know the truth? To be correct and right? Does that make you better? What's the point of, sta- of, of standing on truth and seeking the truth? Is it for your purposes or for God's purposes? You ever had somebody that really just laid it into you and they were 100% right, but they were a jerk about it? What do you remember about it? What they were right or the fact that they were a jerk? Be careful with our voices, right? Our voices carry. It's very dangerous thinking when you think about, well, I have my truth. See, truth is all whatever you make of it. I have my truth, you have your truth. And you have your truth and you have your truth. And look, at it. it's gotten us in a great spot, hasn't it? Well, truth is just all relative. That thinking is very dangerous. That is dangerous thinking. You need to dig your well before you're thirsty. See, a lot of you students are coming back and you're starting this process of digging your well. And you're digging your educational well because you want to be a something, somebody, teacher. You're here at school for a purpose, right? And the well you have to start digging is all of these classes. And you need to dig your well of knowledge to gain all of this knowledge so that you can go do that job. And that's one little sliver in one area of your life. When you dig your well before you're thirsty, you need to do it relationally. It's called relational capital. You spend time and you love and you care and you you serve and you do all those things because you might mess up someday. And you're going to ask for forgiveness. And if they don't know that you love them, that's going to be tough. So when you think about digging your well before you're thirsty, where are you digging your well spiritually? What are you doing in community? What are you doing in God's word? What are you doing with the Holy Spirit? Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. For I am not ashamed of the gospel for its power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And he commanded us to preach, to preach and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him. Right on, brother. You hammered that. Good job. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and extort with complete... With complete... No. I was just checking. With complete patience and teaching. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as testimony to all nations and then, and the end will then come. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Come on, come on, can we do it? Baptizing them. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness and these things will be added unto you. For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be 
Yes. I just read a bunch of random Bible verses. I was going to try and slip in like a Taylor Swift quote in there just to see if you if would catch that or something from Gandalf and Lord of the Rings or those type of things. But how well do we know? And it's not about knowing the address. You don't have to have the address memorized and everything. But how well do we know? How well can we recall that when, when something that is not truth comes at you and comes into your soul and comes into your mind and comes into your heart, how do you know to rebuke it? Because you dug your well before you're thirsty. Do you know more about the fantasy football team you're getting ready to draft than you do about the text? Dig your well before you're thirsty. John 8, let's go back to truth. To the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. Free from what? I didn't even know I was stuck. I didn't even know I was held captive. Oh, wait, that's what all this weight felt like. That's what all this guilt, that's what all this burden, that's what all this shame, all of this stuff, there was weight on my shoulders. I didn't even know I needed the truth to set me free, but when it hit me like a ton of bricks, bam, I was like, what? This is a new life. I'm transformed, I'm changed. I gotta do something about it. I don't just get sucked back into my old ways. So free from what? Depression, anxiety, feeling lost, not having a purpose. Some of you college students are here. You're here to find a purpose. Not here, but like here, here. Like you're like, I'm going to find my purpose. I'm going to find my tribe. I'm going to find my people. I'm going to figure out my career path and change it six or seven times. Uh, That's okay. I didn't plan on being a pastor. Finding your purpose, but the purpose is in the truth. I wanted to show you guys a a picture real quick of a retaining wall that looks a little beat up. Not that I would know it, but there's roughly 350 blocks in that retaining wall that I got the privilege of moving. When you talk about digging your well before you're thirsty, you're talking about a foundation. You're talking about the prudent seek danger and take refuge. If you know you're going to be thirsty, guess what you should do? Have a well. Have water. Have something that's going to sustain you. Well, I knew that this dirt was going to, it's to the left there is my shop. I knew this dirt was coming down. I knew it was going to come out. I'd have to like walk through the mud on my way to my shop. And I was like, that's not fun. I got to figure this out. And so I decided to take this opportunity to do some weightlifting and build a retaining wall. And you know what happened on Friday night? There was this little thing called a rainstorm. It was fairly intense. There was lots of water. And in my great foresight, we had dumped, uh, Tony, a good brother of mine here, we had dumped nine dump truck loads of topsoil on my property and spread it out kind of. And then the rain really helped it settle in. <laughs> it helped it settle in over the walls. It helped it settle in in front of my shop. This used to be gravel. All right here was gravel. It's still gravel in there. It's a little dirt underneath it. But see, I thought in the future that I might have a problem with erosion 
And so I was digging my well before I was thirsty. Now, you know what the hardest part of this retaining wall was? The first layer. The foundation. If you don't get the foundation right, you can get the correct career field picked out. You can, you, can, you can have the greatest job ever. If you don't have your foundation right, you're not, it's, it's, not going to be fulfilled. You will not be set free. You can pick an awesome spouse, and if you guys don't have your foundation right, it's going to be tough. You have to see things that are going to be coming forward and prepare for it now. And that's called digging your well before you're thirsty. No one else can dig your well for you. They can show you how they did it, but you still got to do the work with prayer and fasting and worship and text and allowing the Holy Spirit to come into your life. You can gain information and knowledge, but you have to decide what that information and knowledge is going to do in your heart and how it's going to move your moral compass. People can pray for you, but you have to decide to fall on your knees and on your face before God to enter a relationship in a real way. You can observe the community around you. You can, you can play around on the surface of that community, but you have to decide how far and how deep you engage in your community and transparency and who you want to be accountable with and what unconditional love looks like and forgiveness and reconciliation and restoration. So it's time to start digging. Some of you have been digging, and I'm proud of you. But it's not going to get less confusing in this world. You're not going to all of a sudden start getting less information sources. You're going to have to discern the truth. And not your truth, the truth. You have to stand and do the hard work to discern the truth. So dig your well. Some of us are digging our wells because we know that some of you are going to need a drink from that well while you're digging yours. Hey, oh, I see you over there. You look pretty thirsty. I have some. I have some. What do I have for you? Oh, I have a word of wisdom for you because I've been digging, digging, in, the, digging in the well. You know what? I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you a lot. Have you been praying? Have you been praying? Have you been asking? Your relationships are going to start to flourish when you dig your well. Because you dig your well in your career. You dig your well in the text. You dig your well with the Holy Spirit. You dig your well with each other. You see, there's living water. Living water for your well. And it's right here. It's right here in this book. There's living water in your well. And it's right here. It's with you. It's with you. It's with you. It's with you. It's with all of you. All around you. You're not here by accident. There's someone in here that you're going you're gonna to need a drink of, the, drink of the well as you're moving forward. And you know where else the living water is? The living water is when you're on your face, when nobody's looking and somebody's taught you how to pray and you know you're supposed to pray, but you're on your face and you're before God in your dorm room, you're before God in your bedroom, in your living room, and you're asking God and the Holy Spirit to enter into your, into your, into your very being today that you need him. You need to know what the truth is. You need to be able to discern it. And so you're on your face asking for it. Not Somebody else isn't on their face asking for it for you. You have to personally submit. No one can save you except Jesus Christ. And you have to make that decision.
I can't make it for my children. You have to make that decision. You have to make it personal. So here's the truth that I know. God is the creator. We serve a creator God, and it's amazing. He's built something pretty awesome that we get to live in and steward and take care of. Jesus Christ is the son of God. He came down to earth. He was born of a virgin mother. He taught. He performed miracles. He made disciples. He was condemned. He was crucified. He was buried. He rose on the third day, and he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And when he rose and left, he left us this thing called the Holy Spirit, a wise counselor. He left us something to, to, to have in our hearts to discern truth. I know I'm called to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. I'm the, I'm, I'm, I'm the clay, right? I'm the canvas. We sang that song. He is creating, and he's not finished with you yet. Bill, is he finished with you yet? My brother, Bill Tozer, is he finished with you yet? Bill's a young man. And God is still creating and molding him. And Bill, Bill prays and he worships and he, he has a ratty old Bible that he studied, that he's marked up and that he's highlighted. He's not finished with Bill yet. And he's not finished with you. Are you the clay? Are you the canvas? Are you going to dig your well? Are you digging deep? Do you have other people that, that can show you how to dig your well? And lastly, I'm called to love the Lord my God with all my heart, soul, and mind, and to love my neighbor as myself. Put my needs, my desires, my, 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 my stuff, not always on the front burner, but on the back burner as I serve God's amazing people. So how are we doing at living it out? Don't just say the truth. Don't just speak the truth, but be the truth. Do the truth in action. Don't just say the truth. Be the truth. Amen? Amen. Make it so. Make it so, number one. That's an old Star Trek reference, no? Okay. All right. Sorry. Sometimes a little Star Trek gets in with the text. So what are you talking about instead of the truth? How's your path? How's your walk? So that's the cool thing about us is we're invited to be in community here and we do it together. So let's go to the truth right now. We uh, get the privilege of having communion every week at our church. If you're new with us, uh, you don't have to be a member of our church, but if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, then we want you to partake with us. So as we come to the table as a church, and you're thinking about this challenge about standing the truth, and you're thinking about how you've been digging your own well or where you need to get started, uh, this is the foundation. This is a great place to start. And some of us have to re-up. If you get tired of hearing about Jesus, and if you get tired of hearing about the cross, and you get tired of hearing about the resurrection, uh, it's, not a, it's not a Jesus problem. It's a us problem. So let's come to the table and let's just let's start with prayer. Father God, we're coming to you seeking the truth, seeking your truth, seeking your purpose, seeking your plans. There's people that are hurting. They came to this room hurting. There's people that came to this room searching, Father God. You don't leave your children without a path. 
You don't leave your children without instructions or an instructor. You gave us the almighty instructor, your very son, Jesus Christ. So Lord, help us. Help us to not just love Jesus as our savior, but to love him as our teacher. Help us to follow the path that he set out for us. Help us to fall in love with the text, fall in love with prayer and worship, and most of all, fall in love with your beautiful creation all around us, the people you created, Lord. So we just come to the table with that in mind. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance for me. Let's remember him. Uh, in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, uh, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink of it and remember me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes again. Let's proclaim him. Lord, again, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this text. I thank you for this example of Timothy. Somebody that we wouldn't think is worthy, that we wouldn't see as qualified in our world, Lord, that you saw as qualified. And, and you saw that through Paul and through discipleship and relationship. And I thank you for, thank you for giving Timothy the courage to stand, stand, stand in the truth, to be bold, to love well, to share well, to be moldable. And I just ask that you just continue to work through all of us, Lord. Lord, help us to dig our wells. Help us to dig them deep so they can be life-giving to others, Father God. Give us guidance and wisdom as we do that this week. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.